Welcome to Outside the Frame. My name is Brandon. And I am Roman. And today we are going to be discussing the 2021 action crime film, Nobody. A bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord. Starring Bob Odenkirk, oh boy, Alexei Serebyakov, Connie Nielsen, and Christopher Lloyd. Written by Derek Kolstad, directed by Ilya Neshuler. And wow. I think I think Toby Maguire's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, that was amazing, right? We we're watching the titles and executive producer Toby Maguire. A web shot out of my pants when I saw <laughs> that name. Yeah. So, did you know anything about this film at all, or? Um, when I saw the trailer, I was like, uh, it's a vigilante movie. And then, now that I saw the movie, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to stop after that synopsis, but, you know, professionalism. Uh, is that what the movie was about? That synopsis that I read? That's the first one on IMDb. Yes, I know. We're lazy as fuck, people. We just yeah. read the first one. That was not really what the movie was. That That's like a scene in, spoiler alert again, that's a scene in the movie. That's not the movie. I mean, that's kind of the catalyst. This one definitely had a lot of moving parts. A lot more than last week. I am a huge Bob Odenkirk fan. Uh, he is a comedic genius he was a writer on snl and then he was on the ben stiller show he was on mr show he was a head writer on conan for his first season on the air in 93 and then you know move into his dramatic turn with being on breaking bad and then better call saul like this guy can fucking do it all he is he's a comedic genius i think he's a great actor he showed up in Little Women a couple years ago. But what got me in the door was Bob Odenkirk. It was his face on the poster. It was a bunch of, I think, fists punching him. And I, that never really happens in the movie, I don't think. But, hey, it's a good selling selling idea. Um, this is a genre that I'm a fan of. Well, I got kind of a like a drive feel, like that sort of thing, like a heightened drive or like a, I keep saying John Wick, but I I really think it's it's got to be a John. It's like Bob Odenkirk and John Wick. That's how I feel it is. You know what? Now that I think about it, it's more like the Denzel movie with uh, Chloe uh, Grace Moretz. I can't remember the name. I don't know if I saw that all the way through. Yeah. No. What's that called? The Equalizer? The Equalizer, oh, yes. I can't believe yes, I just pulled yes. that out of my ass. <laughs> it it just, it seriously reminds me of that movie. But we, we were talking about when we watched it, like this is not a brand new format. It's not a brand new formula. Oh, no. It's, this it's, is a movie we've seen before. Yeah, it's not a new concept. It's just a different take on the burnt out formula but well with the, yeah different people and they try and put a different kind of shine on it i guess but that's okay you know i mean every sports movie is the same but if it works it works you know okay so this movie opens up with 
Odenkirk's getting beat up in handcuffs, and he lights a smoke, opens a can of tuna. Who are you? Nobody. That's the setup. Right? He's being interrogated. He's in a, a like a police. Yeah, he's yeah he's interrogation in, room. Yeah, he's in an interrogation room, and they're asking him who he is, and somehow he pulls a kitten out of his out of his jacket. Did he pull a kitten out? Yeah, he, between he his, whooped it out. He whooped it out. Between the his, kitten, yeah, yeah, between his handcuffs, and he pulled out uh, a can of tuna, and he's feeding this kitten the can of tuna. He's, I don't remember the kitten part, really. Yeah, I thought no, he was yeah. eating the tuna himself. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, wow, yeah. he's an awesome man. <laughs> it's very noble. Yeah, it's very charitable of him to give up his tuna like that. So we don't know what's going on, obviously. I assume by the end we'll we'll know, right? Yeah, basic kind of cyclical setup. So we get this smash cut to it says on the bottom of the screen Monday, and there are, are extremely quick cuts in a lot of sequences in this movie. Very, I got like a requiem for a dream kind of vibe when they do drugs and it'd be. Like that kind of thing. A lot of things unexplained. Well, he keeps in one. I couldn't pick out a lot because it's it's not even. It's like split second shots of him. I mean, I guess we're supposed to get the vibe of like it's mundane. Every day is the same kind of Groundhog Day sort yeah. of. You know, he goes through the whole week and everything's the same. We see that, you know, he's sleeping in the bed with his wife and there's pillows between each other. Okay, that's on the rocks. And then he keeps missing the trash. As, as it's pulling away and just keeps getting angrier and angrier every time. I actually related to that a lot because I rarely get the trash out on time. <laughs> they seem to show up. If I, if I wake up at 7 in the morning, they get there at 6.58. You know, they're always... And then the next day, I wake up at 6.58, they're there at 6.56. It's always, like, right before. I don't know. Those how, bastards. No, they, I think they do it on purpose. They they go around, and they know exactly when everybody, you know, wakes up. Well, of course. And they get there two minutes yeah. before every single time. They, they knock on your front door, and they're like, is he awake? And then... <laughs> You know, and then and then okay, well, he's not. Then we'll get the trash now. Yeah, yeah why aren't yeah. more people talking about this conspiracy theory? That's what I want to know. We get the big intro of the break in, in which I knew it was coming because you can't go on the internet and look up anything about this movie without having them someone spoil this. I'm assuming it was in the trailer. Of course, yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot more gruesome than it was. I thought he was, they were going to break in and just brutally murder his family in front of him, and we were going to get that kind of vengeance, you know, revenge kind of flick. And we didn't really get that. I thought we were going to get more brutal with it. I mean, like, total Bruce Willis, everybody got to die with the break-in, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty soft. Uh, you know. Yeah. It was I mean, it was pretty PG-13. He had every opportunity to do. Oh, you thought he was going to whoop ass. See, yeah, I thought they yeah. were going to murder his whole family in front oh, of him and no, that's no. why he 
that's what would spark the revenge. No one gets murdered. They just take some money and brutally embarrass him in front of his whole family. Right, yeah. And then we get like five to seven minutes of just everybody in his Shit family, in his him. life, like calling him a shrimp dick loser. Yeah, and yeah. he goes to work. His fucking brother-in-law walks in. Puts a gun in his face. And looks at <laughs> Puts a gun in his face and says... You call that a penis? <laughs> He's like, I'm just fucking around. It's not the safety's not on. I mean, it 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 is on. Wait, I don't Well shit. It it actually is off, but and, did you die? What are you really complaining about if you didn't die? And then proceeds to give him the gun. I'm like, there are better ways to go about giving someone a gun than Shoving it in their face like you're about to blow their head. Well, and then pulling the trigger. Was he trying to make a point? This is the kind of fear that... Did he, he pull the trigger? He pulled the fucking trigger. I was not a fan of this brother-in-law actor or character. I think it could have been cut completely out of the movie. Is Yeah, work environment. Okay, we get it. He's a loser. He's a shrimpy, weak, dick man of a loser. That's like the... Over and over, and then even we see the neighbor shits on him, and yeah, the cops shit yeah. on him too. They're like, you know, if that was my family, oh really? If that was your family, if that was my family, I'd have run to the corner and cried and peed. That's Bro, like, everybody's <laughs> shitting on this guy. It's like, check out my car, and then he revs it up, and we get a little little Pat Benatar. And was like, my ears perked up. I I just went, watch what? this movie, and I shit on the guy. <laughs> I mean, he really could have done something. Well, the whole thing was because of the they had a gun to his kid's head, and he didn't swing the golf club on him. But he had every chance in the world to swing the golf club before they got a gun on his kid's Whose head. Whose side are you on here? You know what? I sound like Bob Odenkirk's best friend, and you sound like everybody else. You want to be everyone else, or you want to be different? I want to be the guy that's... That saves people's lives. Huh? You know what I loved? At breakfast, the the kid, his son has a shiner. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, sparkling. <laughs> you right. know, the dad. Yeah, Odenkirk's, yeah. like, shiny. Not a mark to show. That was that was a nice little, nice little touch. Odenkirk goes into, is it his office? Where he yeah, opens yeah. that rate, the he's got this lock box with yeah. the radio in it. Oh, are you talking about down in his basement? Is yeah. that in his basement? Yeah, I couldn't figure out where he was. Yeah, he's in his basement. He has a small ham radio where he talks to who? <laughs> he talks to like his handler. I didn't figure out who this character was. I don't know if we missed it just because we were probably trying to figure it out. He is obviously one of. Uh, he's a part. Of one of these uh, alphabet agencies. And he goes down and he opens up a thing. But the radio looks like it's 1980s. Oh, I think it was older than that. Man, it looked old. There's an aspect of this movie with the dialogue where I can't decide what they were trying to do. The dialogue is so bad that I feel like they had to have known how bad it was. And they were doing it like as a tongue-in-cheek sort of nod homage to the genre. But then on the other end, it could just be that fucking bad. Either way, I don't like it. Like, I just, I think it's lazy. Here's a line that I had when he was in the basement and he was talking to whoever the guy was. He says, 
Now I know why you didn't do what you didn't do. That's basically like, I'm going to say nothing by saying nothing. I like the voodoo that you do. Do. That I do, dude. Well, we get the introduction to Christopher Lloyd, which... He's still alive? Thank God. Yeah, love Back to the Future. Huge Christopher Lloyd fan. Love Dream Team. Love Adam's family. He is a classic. Uh, he's just a classic. Is he right for this movie? Mm, no. Uh, but we get the introduction to him. He's like in a re- an old folks home. Uh, a, yeah, he's in a uh, retirement community. We get a little sprinkling of, you know, foreshadowing of what's to come with him because they show us that he's a, a former FBI agent. Um, Odenkirk shows up there to get a gun. We're skipping shit, but who cares? It, yeah, you, so the bracelet's gone. Is it, it, The daughter pops up. I didn't know yeah. he had a oh, daughter. Yeah. Oh, Where did yeah. that come from? Yeah, yeah, He's in the basement chilling, and she just runs up, Daddy! And I'm like, well, where was she for the whole break-in part? Just slept right through it. Are you sure? But then she, be, <laughs> but she's like, we should get a cat. We should get a fucking dog, a big one, or right. at least a security system. They broke in with a pizza box. Oh yeah, there's there's so much. Oh god, there's a lot. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. right. There's a lot. Yeah. Co- there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on in this movie. But at the end of the day, like at the end of the movie, they're not that important they're really unremarkable and so she loses the bracelet she goes he goes there's just something i have to do this whole movie is like a lot of lines like that and that's why i keep i said it before i keep i keep coming back to it in my mind as i'm watching like are they doing the this on purpose these shitty this time it's personal lines or yeah. Oh, yeah. or is it just that poorly written yeah, no, it's it's that poorly written, man. Well, and I, I, I couldn't think of the name before, but this director, I have no idea what he's done other than this movie called Hardcore Henry, which is the first movie ever shot entirely from first person. So it basically looks like a video game, and it's all shot with GoPros. And that... I haven't seen it because why would I watch that? Was it hardcore? I don't know. You tell me. So we get to the point where he breaks into the couple's house and pretty much does the same thing because he's just tired of being called a a weak weak man, you know, weak weak little baby baby dick man, and can't take it anymore. So he snaps and he kicks in the door of the couple that kicked in his door and an eye for an eye or something. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm a little lost on the balancing of this, but he pistol whips the guy. And then all the dude wanted was his bracelet back. Whatever that, that uh, leads nowhere. And so he's just sitting on a bus and this has, n- well, I guess this is where the movie starts. This is where the synopsis started that yeah. we read. It had nothing yeah, to do with yeah. the break in. Well, no, the did it? Was it connected? Uh, no, no, the the break in, no. Right? Or did we miss something? I, if we missed something, then this movie did not do its job because it did not hold our attention for the parts where it should have. I do not understand the correlation between the break in and what happens on the bus, which starts the actual plot of this movie. I understand the stuff with the family. That's what led him to snap. 
but the break-in stuff and then how that like over that arc overlaps whatever so another thing i want to talk about in this movie are these Zack snyder-ish slow-mo scenes so we get our first really big one when he's sitting at the back of the bus and this what is that an h2 a, a hummer yeah humvee uh crashes H2, into yeah crashes in what do they crash into like a they they go through like a like a uh traffic barrier and then they crash into it's like pieces of the of the road that are ripped out and they and it just dips down and then these dr- and this is all slow-mo and these drunk guys this drunk gang i think and it's probably a gang. It's like five of them get out. and they, There were like they, six or seven of them, they, really. They looked like a fucking gang out of Warriors, like something from the 80s. They were snapping like, the fingers. Yeah, it's like when you're a jet, you're a jet for life. They had like leather jackets, and I think one had a cross earring, but no earring on the other side, and their hair was all like pompadour. and One had a leather a glove. A switchblade, and, uh, you know, and they were dancing, and they're like... Hey, stop the bus! Because it's all slow mo. This voiceover comes in. She better not stop the bus. Because if she oh, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get on the bus, and then he slow mo pushes the driver out of her own bus, and then he, yeah, he proceeds to whoop ass in this, in this, uh, in this bus. And I gotta say, I, I was, I was down with this one of the guys is like don't worry guys like cracking his knuckles and he walks up to bob odenkirk he's like i got this and then sucker punches him and then bob odenkirk just comes back and hello there's one point where one guy punches past like you know the bars that you hold on to on the bus i mean i don't know the bus but and then he, he punches past and bob odenkirk just like slams his arm against it and snaps it in half well and then grabs that bar and breaks it off <laughs> beats the shit out of the next guy he takes a at some point he lose is like losing the fight against these five guys five guys <laughs> what's in the special sauce <laughs> nice and he takes this <laughs> knife from one of the guys du- like wraps it not duct tapes it but it might as well have yeah yeah wraps yeah, it okay. to his hand and then just proceeds to start stab fighting bobby gets a little stab happy yeah it's, it stabs all these guys this all i mean this is all brutal beautiful yeah this is nothing we haven't seen in john wick you know but it's still bob odenkirk doing it so yeah i can't oh, complain yeah, yeah. i can't yeah. complain you know it ends with him getting thrown out of the bus window which when i first saw it I thought it was him throwing one of them oh, out. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, and yeah. so when I looked, when they show a shot of, like, it, the first shot is from the front of the bus down the side, and you see the stunt guy go out the window, and then, and then they cut to the side of the bus, and I saw the Russian guys in there like, hey, high-fiving and shit. I was like, wait, wh- I thought it was, yeah, no. And then he gets up, and he's obviously has a broken leg, at least, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Or at least a... a a, sp- a sprained knee. He skinned his kneecap a little bit. Dude, he's limping away. How did he even get up? Yeah. He's all fucked up. He's we'll a superhero, right? But still, I mean, dude stood up and walked away. Was that away. before or after he went back in and got stab happy? 
I can't remember the order of it all. It, it's just a chaos. I got to up Bob Odenkirk in my book on this one because he brings it in oh, these yeah. fight scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I saw an interview where he said that, you know, he's like, if, because it's like, oh, well, why would you, you know, what's an interview you're going to ask? It's, oh, well, you're a comedy guy and then you're a drama guy. And now what? You're an action guy and you're good at it. And it's like, wow, those fight scenes. And they're always going to fucking ask the most obvious question. And he, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. had a great answer. He's like, well, if I was in a movie like this and I didn't bring it, then I might as well just be well, like, what am I going to do? make a mockery of the genre i care about this genre i like this genre and so i brought it as much as i could and i think it shows i love when actors do something completely different from what you expect and it works oh yeah so plot wise this whole bus scene is the big bad of the movie his son was on that bus right yeah right right and before he leaves the bus, in your favorite scene of any movie ever, you said, he's dying and he does this EMT th- whatever thing that we've seen in a million movies before. So the dude's dying and and there's something you know blocking him and his airway. So he ends up pulling out a straw and cutting... Uh, tracheotomy into his throat and that saves the bad guy's son yeah this is this is a move that they've done in like f- 5,000 other movies it's one of those things I want to try one day uh, okay I mean you gotta gotta have goals in life you gotta I, yeah you gotta yeah. dream hold on to your dreams kids they I'm, may come true that's that's why I hang out with you <laughs> okay uh, I don't know what that means but I like my throat the way it is I, I don't ever want to be in the situation where that's necessary but uh, desperate times right we'll see yeah okay so after this Odenkirk is walking on sunshine he's little miss sunshine he's calling everybody else a shrimp dick around him he's like yeah. hey shrimp dick son yeah, how about an omelet? Hey, shrimp dick wife, how about an omelet? And he's like, but did you notice that the lighting was different? Different, too? yeah. There, there was more sun coming through the windows. Everything was more orange and yeah, bright, yeah, and yeah. they they kind of do like the Monday, and it goes through his whole routine. Monday morning, yeah. You know, like he was, he was a suburb. Wow. Yeah, he was. He was all. He's he got was a, a suburbanite. Like he's got suburb, pep in it. Like he's got know. pep in his step. I got a little American Beauty vibe from it. Honestly, I had the American Beauty vibe from the beginning. On the Mount, well, I don't want to say Mount Rushmore because fuck Mount Rushmore, but American Beauty is like the Mount Everest of suburban, you know, themed yeah. based movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah, that's a cool. I get your vibe on that. That's cool. I'm cool with that. So then we get the backstory of the villain. Kenetsoff, 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 Kenetsoff. That's the cut pro- your nuts it's, off. Yeah, it sounds like cut cut nuts off, no, right? Kenetsoff. Well, that's his go-to move. I gotta say, not a bad intro, 
But then everything after that involving this bad guy, I got to say, I do not care at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not oh, even yeah. a little bit. Uh, we get all this backstory, but there's a scene where he goes in to see his son in the hospital. And there's one point where he finds out what happened to his son. And there's this guy laying in a hospital bed and he chucks a chair at him in the middle of the hospital. And then this other guy pipes up and starts talking I'm like, dude, why would you even talk after he just chucked a chair at this guy laying on life support? He's like, oh, sir, I, I might know something. He threw the chair and then the other dude like said, oh, I, I know, I know, I know. The, the only reason why the dude said, I know, I know, I know, is because that dude was about to make him into a chair. A human chair? Yeesh. That's that's an image I won't get out of my mind anytime soon. So there's this family dinner where this SWAT tactical team shows up at Odenkirk's house and he says, Get to the basement. He flips open he like flips down a light switch from the wall and I don't know what did that do? It was like a panic room in the basement or something? Is that yeah, what that was? Yeah, yeah. It locked the, the basement down. Okay, yeah. So he has his family, you know, go down in the basement before he does, you know, yeah. initiates this so basically panic what, room what kind of situation. Is... You said, well, then here's another line don't call 911. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, shit. And then this tactical team breaks into his house and we get another fight sequence. Awesome. Also awesome. But I was getting like a Jackie Chan kind of vibe because he keeps using household yeah, items yeah, to fight yeah. them. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. They have assault rifles and he is beating them up with hot tea and yeah, pots and pans yeah. and stuff. Like, and Like no shit. The fucking they were just... coffee maker became a deadly <laughs> weapon and shit. They would have just kicked the door in, shot him, the end. Yeah, <laughs> Roll yeah. credits. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I See, I'm on, the, I'm on the fence. I don't know which way to go. Like, is this stupid? Is this cool? It's an homage to Jackie Chan, obviously, or like, you know, that sort of resourceful no, style yeah. of fighting. But then I'm like, this is fucking silly, guys. Like it was it was good. It was it was good. And I'm still with you on that. Yeah, I'll opinion, agree. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm still on the side of good. Like I'm not uh, as yeah. far as the I mean, Odenkirk's awesome. But the movie, it's as a whole, I don't know which way to go yet. I really don't. See, I'm not so quick to throw my hat into the bad column. Well, I'm not either. I want a movie to be good. It's just so many aren't, you know. And this this movie, it really, it like sticks its toe in both both sides. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, it, of course. It'd be like, it'd be like, this is awesome. This is. This is bad, and this is awesome, and this is, and I'm like, God damn, you guys are confusing the hell out of me. They shove him in the trunk, and the the bad guy's right hand man just was standing outside. I don't know, eating a bagel or something the whole time while the tactical team just got their asses ripped a new one. Eating a fruit by the foot. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taking lunch. <laughs> I think I'll take my break now. I don't know. There's like a phone call to Christopher Lloyd, and man, I'm really starting to wonder why he's in this movie at this point. He's in for 
for good measure, man. Oh, yeah. Here's your favorite line. So he, he walks his family out of the house, and this is where we get the best line in, in anything ever. It is what it is. Yeah, this is the kind of dialogue that we're dealing with in this movie. I'm over it. I'm over it. So he's got the tactical team in his office. I thought they were all dead. Right? Turns out they're all still alive on his couch. We get this flashback. Boo. They changed the... uh, They did this in fucking Spencer Confidential. They did it in this movie. We have to show us a fucking flashback where they changed the tint of the camera and the the tint of the lens so we know it's a flashback and he's like telling the story of how he quit being a super yeah, yeah. undercover killer guy and he let a guy I don't know I, I and I fell asleep and then he, he turns around and then <laughs> they're all dead okay that was funny the first time now we get to see it a second time do we have to go back to the well on this they're overusing this joke now, I feel like. Yeah. So he talks him to death and then finds the bracelet. I totally forgot that was even a plot point. The bracelet, you know? Yeah, he starts this record with a pistol, which I thought was cool imagery. I've never seen anybody start a pistol with a gun. I thought it was very... It's a very Tarantino wannabe kind of thing, and then this music starts, and then they burn all these records, and I'm just sitting there. I, I actually, that was the only time I emoted watching this movie. A tear rolled down my eye seeing that. And he sets those dead bodies on fire, I guess. He walks outside, and all the neighbors are coming out, seeing his house engulfed in flames, and he the camera spins around, this uh, like circle drive neighborhood and lands on the challenger. And honestly, that is the shit of a car. I mean, this thing is gorgeous. So we get to the actual, finally, we get to the ending. Jesus. And he's eating dinner at the Big Bad's uh, nightclub, eating a meal. Everyone and their mother in this fucking nightclub points a gun in his head. You remember that? I think yeah. even the bartender pulled out a gun. Even the bartender's grandma, who was there just to, you know, come see where she, where her grandson worked, pulled out a gun and put it to his fucking head. I'm like, okay. And he, apparently for dessert, he had a Claymore. A fucking Claymore? So those who don't know, a Claymore is... A grenade that is set toward an enemy to basically blow the shit out of whoever's in front of it. And he's got it wired on, like, I don't know, something to his, f- like, finger? or so. I don't know. I didn't understand. It was, like, on a... Reminded me of, like, Joker, you know. Dark Knight. He had it rigged to himself. I think it was on his ring. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Everybody else just disappears. I can't remember what he said to make that happen. Other than, And then we get the conversation to, oh, the big speech between the good and the bad. And he says, basically, here's your opportunity to, you know, get out 
just get out of the situation, yeah, get out yeah. of the game. And I did like the line to leave me and mine alone. I don't know. It's still shitty, but it, I actually kind of like no, that. Me you. and mine, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, me and those close to me. I, I don't know. Something about that. It was some some or some sort of crapola that he said that was really profound and moving that I can't remember. He goes out to the car and he does a move that I've done in the last couple months of my life where he crosses his fingers to God and prays that I don't know but pray but hopes that it turns out a certain way and then it is not the way he wants and they the big bad comes rushing out the door get him and then oh now it's on it's on like big old dong and he slams the pat benatar into the tape deck or an eight track it might have been i don't know and this is my favorite scene in in the entire movie and it's not just because of the pat benatar although the pat benatar didn't hurt um he's driving this challenger chase scene i don't know there's one part where he's there's a like a like a delivery truck parked and he's it's like a 90 degree swerves you know in front of this delivery truck into this alley and the camera pans around him in a circular motion this is beautiful and then he flips the car around somehow ends ends up i don't know ass and fucking head down and is shooting out the windshield and f- puts it into reverse i i got to be honest like during during this whole chase scene, I got chills, man. That was the only time in the movie where it happened. Like, as as cool as some of the other fight scenes are, this is the best shit in the movie for me. And nowhere to go but down, I guess. We get to the final showdown at his office. He gets popped on the shoulder. And then, we, and then his buddy, who we have not seen the entire movie, finally shows up kicks the window out and start starts shooting you know the bad guys who is this guy did they ever explain it and then Christopher Lloyd's there and he starts capping people with a shotgun I'm like love you Christopher Lloyd but that shotgun would have his bones would have just exploded as soon as he fired that once. Oh yeah. Doc Brown rocking a shotgun. That's what I wrote in my notes. That's that's actually a good Good song title. Not a great scene in a movie, though. I couldn't go with this ending. I felt really let down. We get full circle back to the beginning. Who the fuck are you? I'm nobody, and that's what's important. And I knew some sort of sequel setup was coming, some sort of joke at the end. And bonus scene, because every fucking movie that wants to have a sequel and be a franchise has to have a bonus scene. The odd couple of his buddy and Christopher Lloyd driving in an RV... Why didn't we fly? <laughs> why didn't we fly? You know why. And he points to the back, and there's like what we would assume would be a like they're like gun running. I don't. I don't even know. They're, why do you keep your shitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the movie. That's nobody. Okay. You want to go first, Roman? Yeah. Um, so. I, I liked the movie. Uh, I had problems with it overall. I would have to say the movie was, uh, we'll say we'll say two out of five. Whoa, really? You give it a two? Yeah, yeah. Damn. 
I thought you'd get. I thought you'd give it higher than that. I thought you were gonna give it maybe a four. I thought you would like love it. I I did like it, but there were just problems. You're gonna give it a two? Yeah. Okay, that's a little light, little lighter weight than I thought you would give it. We had problems. <laughs> you and the movie did. <laughs> yeah. Still, he was talking shit. <laughs> yeah, they were talking shit. Shit dialogue. <laughs> um, as for me. I love Bob Odenkirk. He carries this movie. He's the reason to watch it. But every single time he is not on the screen, I wanted to... Yeah, I'm with Roman. This was Mortal Kombat when he wasn't there. Um, but the action was fucking cool. Um, it, but that, is that make a movie? Does that make a movie? No, it doesn't. The dialogue was shit. The story was convoluted and not in like a, a way that someone needs to explain it to us it just was in a way that who cares um i don't know if i'm gonna be as harsh as roman on this one though i'm gonna give it a light featherweight light three out of five i think this is a good time compared to fucking mortal Kombat. i mean this is a masterpiece i get what you're saying though i totally get it like the dialogue is shit the directing is I don't know what they were trying to say, but man, shitty air. I, yeah, I had a. I can't say I had like a bad time. I had a. I had a good enough time that this will just squeak in as a three out of five. This is outside the frame. My name is Roman, and wait, I am <laughs> and this. <laughs> Let's try that again. Let me try that again. This is outside the frame. My name is Brandon, and I am. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week. an episode on of this show where I was made fun of and you were on it you were on the show you were there and grandma was there and sorry I'm I'm doing a shitty well, I'm doing a shitty version of uh of Wizard of Oz of a uh, yeah I'm beating everybody I don't involved. know I don't know if you remember the first episode that we had you on which was like seven months ago wow time flies Power Play or Power, what was it called? Power Rangers? What the fuck was that movie called? Power Rangers. Power Drug. I'm just going to call it Power Drug. Power Rangers, man. No, it was Power, it was like Power Something with, yeah, that first movie we did, I wore a Pat Benatar shirt and Dave made fun of me and called me a nerd. Well, who's the nerd now, Dave?